Welcome to the In Awe Podcast, where we amplify women by sharing their unique stories and empower a community through the mission and their message. I am your host, Sarah Johnson, a former school teacher and principal turned author and entrepreneur, living my own leap of faith on a mission to teach masses. Each week, we will feature stories from women who will leave us all in awe of their impact on our world. Hey friends, what a time we are living in these days. And if you're catching this podcast fresh, you're experiencing in real time school closures, social distancing, and have no doubt spent some time devising plans for what will be a new normal for a while, not just in the United States, but our world. Maybe you'll listen to this podcast years from launch and you'll hear a tiny reference to the scenario of leading through disruptive times. Either way, I think it's worthy to note, I hopped on this interview with two of my most cherished leading mentors while we were all in the midst of unprecedented leadership times. Yet these ladies kept focus and our eyes were trained on the prize of bringing you an inspirational message about their leadership journeys. What an honor to bring you this podcast each week. And I'm especially thrilled to share the guests with you today. Shelly Burgess has served as an award-winning teacher, principal, director of student achievement, and assistant superintendent of educational leadership. Her highly respected work focuses on building leadership capacity through coaching, collaboration, and building a positive culture of change, which leads to dramatic improvements in teaching and learning. She now works as a full-time partner in Dave Burgess Consulting, Inc., and is the co-author of P is for Pirate, Inspirational ABCs for Educators, and Lead Like a Pirate. Beth Huff is the proud principal of Fulton Middle School in Central Missouri. She is the co-author of Lead Like a Pirate, Make School Amazing for Your Students and Staff. Beth also serves as a facilitator for the Missouri Department of Elementary and Secondary Education Leadership Academy, providing monthly trainings to state educational leaders. She has spoken at the International Society for Technology and Education, ISTE Conference, the Association for Middle-Level Education National Conference, the National Principals Conference, and many state and local educational venues. She is also active in her local, state, and national elementary principal associations. Beth was named a Missouri Exemplary New Principal in 2011 and the Missouri National Distinguished Principal in 2016. In this episode, we hear about both Beth and Shelley's journeys into leadership, how they came together to write Lead Like a Pirate, the ways they continue to amplify and support other leaders, and we also get to hear about Shelley's journey into entrepreneurship. These women bring authenticity and strength to leadership each day, and their messages in this podcast serve as empowering reminders that we can all be the leader we desire to be, and we can continuously learn and grow into our best versions. I am so honored to share with you Beth Huff and Shelly Burgess's leadership stories. Welcome, two of the most incredible lady leaders that I know to the In A Podcast. Ladies, I am so excited to have you featured on this leadership series. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Yeah, we're happy to be here. Thanks, Sarah. Well, let's be honest. It's not easy to coordinate schedules of <laughs> people who are just making things move. And so I'm so grateful that you would carve out the time to basically share your stories and inspire our listeners because you have so much to give both of you. And I'm so, so grateful. So I just wanted to start us out. I, I highly doubt that any of my listeners don't know who either one of you are, but would you be willing to just share each of you a little bit about yourselves, where you're at, and what you are up to in this beautiful world of ours? Sure. Well, I am Beth Huff. I'm the proud principal at Fulton Middle School in Fulton, Missouri. This is my fifth year here as the principal here. I was an elementary principal for seven years before that, a teacher before that. I also am a mom of two boys, one's 16, one is nine. That could be a whole podcast in itself talking about that, but we'll, <laughs> we'll just quickly. 
move right along. Um, also <laughs> very honored to have co-written Lead Like a Pirate with my good friend and colleague, Shelly Burgess, who is with us here as well. And I am Shelly Burgess. Um, I uh, actually am, am currently working full-time um, with my husband, Dave, running the um, educational consulting and publishing um, business, but um, spent most of my education career, um, started off as a teacher, but also elementary school principal for several years, and um, ultimately uh, ended up in an assistant superintendent role of educational leadership with a, a really um, fun part of my job that I loved was coaching and supporting principals in their roles. And then also a mother of two teenagers, 19 and 16. And like Beth, we could do a whole podcast on being being a mother. Um, but yeah, so that's a little bit about me. And I'm uh, based in San Diego. That's awesome. I feel like I'm going to have to have each of you ladies to talk about that since you both alluded to it because I need to learn a lot from you. So it's good. So I also heard both of you kind of say, well, ultimately I ended here. And so I'm just curious because we're doing this, you know, this featured series called Leadership. And, and I don't think that our experiences are uncommon, but I would like to hear from both of you just a little bit about your, you know, your leadership journey. What got you inspired to become a formal titled leader and just maybe some highlights about what you found to be, you know, either challenging or exceptional about that? Yeah, sure. Um, so it's interesting because I don't know that when I started in education that leadership was something I was even really thinking about. Um, I started off, I was an English teacher. I really enjoyed um, teaching middle school English. And, and I think really my first steps into, (laughs) yeah, I think my first, the first steps for me really into leadership roles were because the principal that I was working with at the time saw that in me and encouraged that in me and, and pulled me into uh, some leadership roles and things that were on site and, you know, resource teacher positions and, and supporting other teachers and, and doing things and being part of leadership teams. And, um, and so that was really kind of what got me started in it was somebody else pointing it out to me that it was a a quality that they admire, you know, that they admired in me or saw in me. And I I think that's really what got me pushed into um, taking next steps into, you know, the credentialing and all those things and, and looking for roles that would allow me to show more leadership, demonstrate more leadership. Definitely. And very similar journey for me as well. I love teaching. It was something that I enjoyed doing every single day because no matter what was going on in the world or around us, we could shut the door and we would have fun and learn at high levels every single day. And the state of Missouri had a program um, that has been since been cut for funding, but it was called Select Teachers as Regional Resources. And in my first year, I had phenomenal professional development, Rita Pearson, Bob Marzano, just so many of the greats. And Then the next year I was on sabbatical for a year from my classroom and I was providing free professional development through a regional center for any school that needed it. And basically for any topic they needed it, which I loved because I am, you know, in in Teach Like a Pirate Talk, Dave talks about you can't be passionate about everything, but I kind of am. Like I really am that person. Like I love writing and I love social (laughs) studies and I love science. And, you know, so I, it was, it was a great challenge for me, but during those times when I was going to those schools, there were certain schools that I just dreaded going to. And I finally started to realize, you know, we all know that the teacher is a deciding factor in the success of a student, but great teachers don't like working for horrible bosses. And so I recognized in those schools that there were very, um, 
and effective leaders. And I, I planned to go right back to my fourth grade classroom when I came back the next year, but I had a person that came to me and said, hey, we have an opening in our building. You really need to think about this. This is something that we really feel like that you could do and do well. And so very similar to Shelly's story, it wasn't intentional that I went into leadership. And then because of someone seeing something in me that maybe I didn't see in myself, I decided to, to take the leap and, you know, I hadn't started a program at that point, but I definitely did get in one and, and finish it. But I was honored to then take a principalship the next fall in our district in a different elementary school. Yeah. And that's, a, it's interesting, Beth, as you, as you say that too, and you, I think about how I came into my first principal job and, you know, I, I actually changed districts to take my first principal job, but there was a consultant who had been working in, as I was in a uh, middle school, high school district. And there was a consultant who had been working in that system who um, I had become close to and, and who knew my work and, and actually was a very good mentor to me. And one of her best friends was an assistant superintendent in um, a district that was next door, actually an elementary um, district that fed into the high school district that I was working in. Um, and she actually was the one who got me, she got me connected with the other district and, and had told me and then also told her best friend, you have a principal opening and, and you, you really need to take a look, um, take a look at, at Shelly. And, you know, I was young and, you know, it wasn't really what I even saw as my next step. Um, I had, I had thought that I needed to be an assistant principal, you know, do other things, but, um, somebody else seeing in me, you know, you, you have potential and I want to make sure that I'm introducing you to people who can, um, you know, help you in your career, but also where you might be able to go and, and help benefit their system. So it, it's great to have people and mentors in your life that, um, that help you see things that, that you didn't even know were there. Yeah. Well, I wanted to just jump in on that and say, thank you for sharing those stories. As long as I've known both of you, I've, I've not been able to hear all of those great details. And I think too about this idea of being a woman in leadership, this idea of leadership um, is that, you know, we know that there are fewer women that have been historically in leadership roles. And we know currently in education, you know, the teaching force makes up primarily ed uh, female educators, but we're still at that, you know, 50% at the middle school and elementary principals and 25% at the high school and 25 at the superintendent level. And you ladies have filled those roles beautifully. And I love hearing that you're talking about sponsors basically in our lives that are been in positions of leadership that are tapping you on the shoulder to say, look, here's, let me you get you here. Like you belong here. I see this in you. And I just think that I'm assuming that you ladies have paid that forward. Um, is that something that you're kind of intentional about? I know Beth, I love to see that you have an assistant principal that you work so closely with. So just this idea of like that social responsibility to continue, um, bringing more and more women into that leadership and helping them see models, but also helping them see themselves. Does that resonate with you? Most definitely. I, I have the opportunity and I have for the past several years of being a facilitator for our state of Missouri Leadership Academy, which is primarily serves third year and higher principals. And so I've specifically in the past few years, um, really worked on mentoring all leaders, but specifically working towards um, promoting and, and inspiring those women and, and really looking at women in leadership more. I think my early years, I was very, um, I think I was maybe not confident in my own abilities. And then once I had, you know, people like Dave and Shelley that saw something in me and said, Hey, let's, let's write this book, Beth. You know, we, we really think we can do this. And, and having people 
that, that, that helped build my own confidence. But especially now, as I go out and do presenting, like I really work hard, not only to shine light on those lady leaders, but I'm very active in our national principal organizations and other Whenever I go to conferences, I talk very deeply now about what does your panel lineup look like? You know, how many women do you have keynoting and why why are we only, you know, certain conferences, you might not even see a female face. Um, And that's a problem because like you just said, so many of our teachers are female. You know, a lot of our, you know, a lot of the people that are sitting in the audience are female at my conferences I go to. So we've got to really look and intentionally work on amplifying the voices of females. I feel like females, especially after doing a lot more reading about this, we're less likely to take risks. We're less likely to leave our buildings because we feel that obligation to be here. We also feel that obligation to be perfect before we go out and do the things we do. So I think I found my voice a little bit more, but I would never have found my voice had I not had people like Dave and Shelley believe in me as well and help me to amplify it. And I think that's important too. It's, it's not bragging, it's, it's supporting and it's sh- showcasing and sharing. Yeah. When I, I think I, I, um, I think Beth answered that beautifully and I, um, we have very similar, um, journeys and passions around that, uh, around this topic. But I think one of the things, you know, even as we were talking and I think it is a, um, I think it's common among women in general that, you know, we were in teaching positions, in education positions, both Beth and I, you know, we're strong, we're confident, we're smart you know, good, good people, but it's still for women, there's something about somebody else telling you and, and somebody mm-hmm. else seeing it in you and, and pointing it out in you. And that is, um, I think different for women, you know, than it is for men, you know, men oftentimes have that, you know, come in with that. That's where I'm going. That's where I'm, that's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm moving into a leadership role. I want to be the boss. I want to be, you know, whatever that might be. But I, I think it's interesting as confident of leaders as both Beth and I are and have been for a while, it, it took other people to really push us in, in that direction. And I, I think that's common for a lot of women. Yeah, I love hearing that. And I love the fact that right now I, I know that there are listeners that have been considering leadership, but they're just not sure. And what you're saying is really speaking to them. I know for me, I actually wanted to be a principal before I even got my teaching license. And part of that was, yeah, we actually had uh, the youngest female principal in Wisconsin honored at my husband's college graduation. And I was like, well, I'm going to do that. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think even if you have a propensity to leadership and you want to do it, sometimes you feel like you need permission. Is, is that kind of what you're yeah. thinking too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, th- I think so. Yeah. Or, or that, you know, there's, are there, I think, I think we often, you know, women have a tendency like Beth was saying, and I think said it beautifully. It's the, if I highlight things about myself, is that bragging? You know, there, there's that, that part of us is, as women, I think that there's a, there's a tendency sometimes to downplay, um, our strengths in in certain areas because we don't want it to come off in a in a negative way and I think we're we're very sensitive to how people perceive us or um, react to us or the things that we do I think that that's a I think that's a big part of it I think also too like I didn't have when I was growing up and when I was teaching I very rarely did you see a female principal 
you know, really up Mm -hmm. to the last 10 to 15 years, like that wasn't commonplace where I were here in Missouri. And I think that, so that wasn't the norm. And I think it helps me to remember, you know, now as a leader, how I, I need to make sure that my kids see everyone in leadership roles so that there's not a student out there that says, well, you know, I'm not seeing someone that looks like me or that, you know, believes like me that's in, in leadership roles. And, and maybe, you know, especially in a place like right now, we struggle to always have, um, diversity represented in leadership in our, in our building, in our smaller town. However, that doesn't mean that I can't amplify the leadership skills of other leaders in the world so that our kids Mm -hmm. see that, Hey, I might not look like you, but you know what? I value people that do. And I value, like, how can I make sure to bring light and shine light on those leaders? And I think too many times we, we forget that, um, our kids are looking at us to figure out what the norm is in leadership. Like I was sitting, like, I never wanted to be a principal because principals weren't positive. They weren't positive role models. Like that wasn't something that I was like, Oh, I want to do that job. Like, I'm going to be honest. I don't want to be a superintendent because the things that superintendents have to deal with, Oh my gosh, like, I don't want to do that. And I don't, I don't think our principals for so many years, they were managers and I didn't want to do that in my life. But now that I could see that I can reshape what the, what the, you know, what principals can be, it's huge. And we can teach our kids to do that as well. I love so much what you just said. And I, and so two things that I want to make sure we get to is one that as a female in leadership and educational leadership in my part of the state, it would very much a minority. Um, we have three in my region, three superintendents that are females that equal 7%. You know, there's just not a lot of representation up here. And so when I got into my roles, I was very much feeling alone and the only and maybe not even realizing it until kind of after the fact. But what really, really was powerful for me was that there were these two really confident, capable, smart thinking, brilliant leaders writing this book called Lead Like a Pirate that just (laughs) hit me from my part of this, you know, part of the world, my corner of the world. Like, wow, there are two women leaders out here writing this book that has a lot of really great content in it for all leaders, not just women leaders, just all leaders. And then not only that, you're bringing more and more to the table through, for example, your lead lap chat. When you talk about amplifying others, you do, you both do that so beautifully. So I'd like you to have an opportunity to just chat a little bit first about like how you got together to write lead like a pirate and then how you are building space at the table for equity, not just women, but all to have a wide, diverse range of voices represented there. Yeah, sure. Beth Beth tells this story beautifully, introducing kind of how we how we got connected. So, I Beth, if you want to start, that'd be great. Sure. Yeah, I'll I can go back like before that we even met. I I, I will shorten it a little bit, but I was done principaling. You know, I and Shelly and I both came up in the no child left behind heavy high stakes. Mm. Both of us, you know, had to get the letter from the government saying, "Hey, I guess congratulations not. Um you have to yeah. <laughs> all of the work that goes into that. You know, we had to chase data and and I was done. I was burnout. That's not what I had signed up for and I ended up having the opportunity to go to a principal conference in the summer and it was phenomenal. And one of the things we did on the very first evening was went to a social in line for dinner and met these principals from New Jersey. And we sat down, we ended up spending the evening together. And at the end of the evening, I had shared my story with a principal, elementary principal. And he said to me, Beth, are you on Twitter? And I said, kind of rolled my eyes. I said, you know what? I have a Twitter. I don't really know what to do with it. He took my phone from me and he said, you're not following the right people. So he went through, he introduced me to Dave Burgess, who 
was doing a video Skype the next day and he introduced me to, to teach like a pirate that night. Um, this person happened to be Jay Billy. So one of my best friends mm-hmm. I ended up meeting at this conference that you never know how it's going to change your life. And that conference really did change my life. I went back to my room that night and I Googled teach like a pirate and I found a blog post by Shelley Burgess. And when I read it, <laughs> it was all about taking the tenets of, of Teach Like a Pirate, like leading with or te- leading with passion and immersion and all of the letters of pirate, but looking at it through the leadership lens that she did. And I knew I was hooked. And so I watched Dave speak. I realized that I had just lost my passion. I wasn't leading like myself. Developed a, you know, bought the book, read the book, reached out to Dave, started joining in in his chats since I was finally on the Twitter. And then through that was introduced to Shelly's chat that was on a Saturday morning. Shelly and I started connecting and then, you know, people saw what I was doing in Missouri. You know, people started saying, hey, would you come and do some of this pirate stuff? I said, yeah, but you should really reach out to Dave. He's the person, you know, and I asked them permission to do a workshop here. And they said, well, yes. And what do you think about helping to co-author a book with Shelly. And I said, well, all right. I mean, that was never something that I even thought about doing. I didn't consider myself a writer. I didn't consider myself something, you know. And so Shelly and I, we started, we opened a Google Doc and it all started there. We opened a Google Doc. So Mm. never underestimate the power of relationships. Yeah. Well, and we, we met face to face. And I think there's a couple of things in that story that are, are so, so important. And, you know, one, I think the just the, the power of connections, you know, when Beth talks about the opportunity to go to conferences and, and meet other people, you know, being a principal, being a superintendent an assistant superintendent can sometimes be such a lonely position, you know, in, in many cases, I mean, you're, you're, there's mm-hmm. one of you, you know, in your building and, and unless you're, um, in a district or a system where, you know, there's a, a tight network of principal, you know, principals and, um, it can be, it can be a really lonely place to be. And so that opportunity to be at conferences, being on social media and being able to connect with other women leaders, you know, across the country through social, you know, and, and other leaders, not just women leaders, but there's, there's, a um, there's real power, um, in that. And, you know, Beth and I became friends through, the social media connection and being able to see each other's work. And I think the first time we met face to face, we were already like working on the book and, you know, starting to put workshops together and do all those things before we finally got the opportunity to, to meet in person. And now, now we make that important from time to time, make sure we get some getaways and get some time together. But the, that power of connections, I think is really important for all of us in leadership roles. Without question. And that's why I'm so grateful that you two have, you know, that you did launch in and that you decided to lead your ships in that way, in a big, big way. And so, you know, when you're, you want to talk about maybe how this whole thing has expanded, maybe if you would talk about like how you envisioned and started grabbing in with this lead, um, lead like a pirate series. And then Shelly, I want to hear a little bit about that whole journey of <laughs> launching out in the way that you have <laughs> broader, you know, um, even just beyond a, you know, a book message or whatever. So do you want to rock into that in terms of that, you know, lead like a pirate guide series? Yeah, I can, I'll start with that one. Shelly, you want to bring it, bring it close. So we went to, we celebrated lead like a pirate. Um, when it came out in 2017, we, we went ahead after the school year was over and we said, let's, let's go spend some time together and celebrate our work. Because that's another thing I think that we don't do enough is 
we need to celebrate. Whenever we take time to do hard things, we need to celebrate. And so we had a really fun trip to Puerto Rico. Yeah. And we sat together one night and said, you know, how awesome would it be if we could create these smaller books? So not as not as not as long, but the foundation is still with Lead Like a Pirate. So these are leaders that are out there leading like pirates, but they have one thing that they especially shine at. And how how could we create and keep the ball rolling um, and keep the momentum going with this? So, Shelly, you want to take it from there, and you can tell the how we. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, and and interest and interesting enough, Sarah, as you say that, and I, it wasn't intentional um, necessarily from the get go, but we've also realized that most of the people that we're highlighting with the lead like a pirate guide series are women. I, you know, mm-hmm. we, have, we have Jay Billy in there. <laughs> we have Jay and his fabulous, you know, leadership, but, but all of the other lead like a pirate guides are actually written by women. And, and the next couple that we have coming out are also um, written by women who are, are leading and doing great things, um, great things in their system. Um, in fact, we have one that's coming out in, in April by a, a principal. Her name is Vicki Wilson. Um, She's doing some phenomenal, the work that she does with instructional rounds and, um, and the, the elevation that she's been able to do of, of teaching and culture and things in her school with instructional rounds. It's phenomenal. Um, but so you, the other part of the question you were asking, you would, you want to hear about my journey out? Yeah. How do you go from a classroom teacher to an administrator to a publishing company? You know what I mean? Like, come on. Yeah. Well, you know what? So it's interesting because we, um, you know, I had a, I had a very quick trajectory of, of my career, which, you know, I feel very fortunate that, that that was the case. But, um, when Dave actually first, uh, you know, was working, um, on teach like a pirate and you know, teach like a pirate started to take off and, and he was out and he was speaking and he was, you know, he was doing more things. We had, um, I was an assistant superintendent. I had uh, very long days, like, you know, many of us in, um, leadership do, you know, 14, 15, 16 hour days. Dave was traveling, speaking. We had two young kids, you know, at home. So, so when, you know, we had, unbeknownst to us, really, you know, the trajectory with Teach Like a Pirate, and we'd published it ourselves, um, you know, went, you know, Dave's book took off. It was a New York Times bestselling book. It's, you know, it really resonates with people. And it was really life-changing for us in, in many, many ways, just our, our day-to-day life and, and what that looked like um, when, you know, he left the classroom and, and was doing all those things. Um, so there were a lot of shifts and changes. And, and, you know, one of the, one of the things that happened because Teach Like a Pirate was as successful as it was um, there. And because we published it ourselves, there were a lot of people sort of knocking on the door and saying, how did you, you know, how did you do this? How did, how did you make this book so successful without a big publisher behind you? And, and Dave and I lit- literally were like walking our dogs one day and, and just had this like epiphany, you know, conversations. I mean, we'd been talking about things for a while, but this, like, you know, we could do this for people. Like we, um, you know, we did this for teach like a pirate, like we could do this for, for other people. We can take all the things we didn't like about traditional publishing and and take all the scary things of self-publishing away and help people. And, and it really was kind of what you were talking about earlier, Sarah, is, is that, what we wanted to do is amplify voices of other people in education who were doing phenomenal things and that, you know, we'd met in a variety of places. And it's like, we, we found ourselves in a position that, that we could do that through the publishing 
company and, and do for people in their books, what we had done for teach like a pirate. So we, we put the company together. We started reaching out to people that we knew were doing great. Every person who's written a DBC book as a practitioner, you know, that there, there are people who are doing the work in schools and classrooms across the country, across the world. Even we have some international authors, but that was, that was really kind of what happened. And because of Dave's schedule, we couldn't make it happen with me working 16 hour days as an assistant superintendent and Dave, you know, doing the things that he were doing. So he was doing, so we, we finally made the decision that, um, I would leave my role to help get the publishing company, um, up and off the ground. And, and for me, because I'd been an administrator since I was 30, um, it was actually also a phenomenal way to get time back with my kids. Um, so, so I've really valued the being able to work from home as my kids were, you know, upper elementary school, middle school, um, high school age to be able to be home with them has been fantastic. So that's, that's a little bit about the journey. <laughs> it's beautiful. And I, you know, and I love so much that you're like, you know, exampling how you can take something and lead forward. You didn't know what this publishing gig was going to be like. You're not um, trained publishers. You're not trained marketers. You're trained educators. <laughs> and so there's a, a huge amount of faith and trust to do something like that and a skill set that you've had to acquire. And I know from personal experience, just how incredibly genuine your mission is and who you are as people really trying to just amplify others. And um, it's always been about sharing that wealth and sharing ideas and con connecting people. And it's so clear and so present today, even though you've scaled, like where are you, you want to give us a picture of where DBC Inc. Books is at right now compared to those first days on that walk with your dogs? <laughs> it, it is, it is, um, it is nowhere we thought it was going to be <laughs> a few years. I mean, if you would have asked us five or six years ago that this is what we were doing and where we're going to be, we would have been like, you've got to be kidding me. Um, but we actually, we just put out our hundredth book. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, so DBC now has a, a hundred books out. And like I said before, we're so proud of the fact that every book that has come out is by an educational practitioner. Um, you know, I think that that part of what's happened over time is the, you know, we've gotten clearer and clearer about our mission and, and who, you know, what types of books we want to do and, and the, um, you know, what it means to be, you know, a, a DBC book or, or part of, you know, part of like what we know, you know, more and more, you know, exactly what it is that we're, we're looking for and, and the way that, and so that was kind of a journey, right? And there certainly has been a, a huge journey in just like you were saying, all the behind the scenes learning about the business world and the publishing world and the, oh, wait, like we need attorneys. Oh, wait, oh, wait. Like we, <laughs> we, maybe have, we maybe should have like a professional write our contracts and maybe we should, you know, have like media liability insurance in case like somebody sues us for copyright. <laughs> you know, those kinds of things that were behind the scenes um, adjustments and things we just kind of had to learn along the way. But, um, but it, it, being at a place where, I mean, we're so proud of all the authors that we have and, and the work that we're doing. And, and I think the other thing too, that we do is, is we look really for us when we're evaluating a project and whether or not we want to do a project, it, it's so, it, it's not, 
I'm trying to think of the right way to say this, but it's the people, people, authors will tell us, you know, I, I don't want you to be disappointed if it's not a bestseller. I don't want you to be, and that's never what we're looking at when we're choosing books. We're, we're looking for genuine, authentic people with a message that we think is important to spread. And we've said to people many times that, you know, your, your book was the right book for the right person at the right time. And for us, that's what makes a book a success is, is that it's reaching people and it doesn't have to be the same number of people that teach like a pirate reaches, you know, it's, it's, it can be a small number, but if it's the right book for the right people at the right time, that's what makes a book successful for us. And so, so that's a key tenet of, of what we look for now when we're looking for projects. Well, I, I just love, I love, love, love you and Dave. And I'm so glad to just have that piece of your story on this podcast, because in this idea of leadership, you know, you're a partnership, but you do a lot of leading in your world. You know, it's, it's equal. Uh, and I don't even know that it was equal. It's probably a percentage the other direction. And the one of the person I'm talking to love you, Dave, but honestly, you know, because there's so much going on there. Um, but I'm just so, I'm glad that we could feature that piece of you because it's such a large piece of you. And one of the things too, from both of you ladies that I think is so freeing, you know, we have men and women listen to this podcast and we're talking a lot about, you know, this idea of leadership, but so freeing when you have both kind of shared your vulnerabilities with people. And I think that's really beautiful. And one of the things that I want to kind of re-gift to the listeners is Shelly, you know, she alluded to the fact that she was assistant superintendent and working these 16 hour days. And it's not like you're not working maybe 23 hours now that you're (laughs) entrepreneur and you've got your business going on, but you're, you're trying to balance that family life. And it was so freeing for me just in my own world to come into your life at the time and have you, Shelly, talking to me about the time when you stepped away, you know, from a titled leadership position organization and you're focusing on this other world, but you've got, you know, these kids. So it's like this really high powered leadership that you're doing in a different way. And I just, it felt so freeing to hear you kind of talk about those years and those days of your life. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we had, I think we all have, you know, there was a moment I remember too. sorry, this is an aside, but there's a moment I remember and you talk about sort of vulnerabilities. And it was one of the one of the only times that I I remember being in my office and I like crying, Mm -hmm. you know, because I, I had felt like I had reached that point where I'd, I honestly, I had felt like I was failing a little bit as a mom and we, you know, life had changed so drastically. And, you know, Dave and I used to be able to balance so much better, you know, who's picking up the kids, who's trying, cause we two people, you know, he's traveling for two weeks or three weeks at a time. It's, you know, you're juggling those. And I got that phone call from my daughter's elementary school at the time. And, um, it was a minimum day and nobody, had, nobody had picked them up. <laughs> And, you know, it's just like, oh my God, I've like become like, I've, I've become like, we hadn't, we missed it, you know, mm. completely missed it. And so, so there, there are, you know, I think those are things too, about being, um, a woman leader and a woman, you know, you're juggling, trying to juggle the, the leadership in your work with also being, you know, a good mom and a good wife and a good, you know, all those things. It's, it's complicated, challenging work. But I remember I was, I got off the phone and was crying because I just felt like I had been the worst mother, like at that moment, you know, so crazy. One, and I think that's a great lead into kind of our, our next area of focus, which Shelly and I, um, and, and, you know, my, my blog I put out this week was, 
you know, I struggle still. Like I think people sometimes look at us and it's really important for people like Shelly and I who are more connected now in the educational world to show that we still struggle. And, you know, this was a week I struggled. I sat here crying in my office Thursday and Friday and, you know, and so... I make sure to blog and Shelly does as well about the hard parts of our life because for so many years, type A was the only way to be in a leadership role and you couldn't talk about your struggles and you just had to build those walls up. But, you know, when the walls fall down, all that baggage that you left there, that it's there for you to deal with. And, and too many leaders are dealing with it in unhealthy ways that aren't good for them or their staff or their families. And so our next big project is all about leading with productivity and how can we be, um, it, it comes from the immersion portion of Pirate, the I, and how can we not only be more productive in the work that we do, you know, time-saving, efficient, but then how, how can we also focus on leadership wellness? Because I think we've really started, slowly started to look at educator wellness, but we can't forget that leaders are part of the education world and that they need to make sure that you, like, I can't tell my teachers to be well if I'm not modeling that myself. So the first step in creating a culture of wellness is making sure that I'm living it myself. And wellness does not always have to mean yoga and meditation and all that. We all have different ways that we can model wellness and but it's our it's definitely our job to do that and we matter and we've got to make sure that we do that so Shelly and I are working to put together you you notice a lot of our blogs lately have that theme and it's um that's that's what we're working to compile the next lead lap guide after the one that comes out maybe we'll see Shelly we're, <laughs> yeah, we're getting there you know that's one thing too we're trying really hard to get there but it's also you know, we also are, are, we give ourselves grace. Um, we didn't expect to have basically this pandemic going on, which has really jumped in for all of us. And I think that's, what's great about this PLN that we've created within lead lap is that we have support systems. Our chat this past week was, was all about helping each other throughout this pandemic that we're facing right now. And so we have so many resources that were shared. I don't feel so alone. I feel like the middle of the country, we're kind of the last because it hasn't hit us yet. It's kind of like fashion. That's the same way with us with fashion. (laughs) I'm dying as I think about your slide with the mom jeans on lead like a pirate. I know, right? Exactly. But at the same time, like, I, the reason why I almost quit education really wasn't about the things I thought it was. It was. I didn't have a support system. And it's so important to have that support system because they're the ones that are there for you when you're struggling. They're the ones that will help you pull yourself up, you know, but then they're also the ones that celebrate you. It's important that we we're all in it together. They're all our kids, whether they're in Missouri or San Diego or Wisconsin or wherever they are, they're all our kids. And I think too many years we've spent being competitive when we really need to be lifting each other up. So amen. And I am so grateful that you brought it there. The world gets to have have another uh, partnered book by you two is just incredible. And so whenever that comes out after we learn flexibility more and more and more in these upcoming weeks, that's just really exciting. And I love so much that you're focusing on that leader wellness because that obviously you both know is a super huge passion yeah. of mine. And I still feel um, called to just continue to serve that population, especially principals. And I'm learning more and more superintendents even because, you know, as you as you alluded, Shelly, there's, there's one principal, but man, there's literally one in yeah. every district superintendent. And especially right now, I think we're seeing that in our country, the amount of pressure placed upon that one role right now. That's just, they're collaborating and they're making decisions with people, but these are high powered, heavy hitter decisions right now. So I'm just so grateful that you two are continuing to do that. And also, um, 
I have noticed that con- that continued vulnerability and Beth, those, you know, every time you're putting out a blog post, I remember when you've, you've had a student death in this past year and just thank you for doing that. And I just ask that you continue on that path. I'm grateful that your growth is our growth in the community that you've built. And it's so critical to continue to lift all of us up really. And so thank you for creating that community, for sustaining it and for continuing to pour into it because, um, man, we need you. We need that leadership. And I'm so grateful for you both. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much. Oh, ladies. Okay, so we could talk forever and I would literally keep you, but I know how busy you both are. So I want to get to the two standard questions that I have in this podcast. Um, Listeners love it. I love it. And so the first one is, if you could write a letter to yourself at any age or stage, what would you say? So I think one of the things that um, I would write to myself now, you know, that, that if I could, if I could go back to, you know, when I was younger and, and sort of starting out in careers and things is, is, um, and I'm better at this. I'm still not perfect at it. And we, we've talked about it, um, a little bit today is give yourself grace. Um, you don't have to be all things to all people all the time. And when you, and when you, feel like you fail at something, you know, as we were talking about, like you, you know, I, you go through times where you feel like I didn't make the right decisions as a mom. I didn't make the right decisions as a leader. I didn't make the, that, that, that it's, it's okay for that. It's okay for that to happen. That's, that's not a time to beat yourself up or lose your confidence or, or do that. It's that it's, we we're so good. I, I have always been in particular in my leadership roles, um, very good at giving grace to other people, but not so good at doing it with myself. Mm. And, and so I think that, that that's something that I would, I would like to go back and tell myself starting in this role is, um, it's okay to do that. So, um, so that would be one thing anyway, to think there's probably many, many others. (laughs) It's a beautiful, beautiful. I I agree so deeply with Shelly on that. I think for so many years, you know, I share my story pretty openly. I, I, I was born... Um, not necessarily the plan. My parents were both very young, 14, when they found out they were pregnant. And so I think for so much of my early years, you know, my, my parents were awesome. They kind of had to make it up as they go. They went because there wasn't, that wasn't the plan. You know, they didn't get married and they didn't do all those things. But I think for so many of my years, I, I always felt like I wasn't good enough. I wasn't. And I think that confidence piece, like if I could have given myself growing up, a girl growing up, um, really that confidence and knowing that you didn't have to, you know, the, the book Brave Not Perfect is such one of my favorite and like mm. being brave. Um, and then two, I think that really was my driving force though. I, I couldn't fail. So like, as I've grown up now, I feel like I was so worried about messing up that I missed out on opportunities um, that, you know, I, I, I didn't, I, people always ask for bucket lists for me and I'm, I'm very, I don't have a bucket list because I think I'm worried that if I don't check them off, I'm, I haven't been successful and I have to change my thinking. So I think that whole piece of mm-hmm. being brave, not perfect. And then also for me as a leader now, I, I want to tell my early, my early principal self to love your people, love your people and mm-hmm. sit with them. You know, I sat with a teacher who's who a brand new baby teacher who's struggling personally right now at home because not everybody's significant other understands the demands of teaching. And so but mm-hmm. sitting there, not focusing on anything that has to do with school, but loving her through that hard times. And I think for so many years, I was scared to do that part of it. So being human, being real and um, doing 
doing the things that we know that are right in our heart and not necessarily what was in the the, t- the, the principal prep class that we took that doesn't teach you that. <laughs> wow, so inspiring. Uh, and I love just this image of you sitting in that. Um, and great resource. I'll be, I'll be sure to link that Brave Not Perfect um, book that Beth referenced really, really good for you if, if that's something that you are hearing and it's resonating with you. All right. So one more question for you, ladies. The final question I always ask is if a listener is finding themselves in a pit of fear or doubt and they need to hear your voice to help rise them up out of it, what would you say? There you go. Sounds good. I'll start. I think the biggest thing is when you are struggling, reach out, reach out to someone. I have gotten into the practice of I am... I know my boundaries and I know there are times when I have to say no, but when I go out and speak to others, I freely give them my, my Voxer address. I'm happy to give them my, my text, you know, my phone number, because I think had I had a person that I felt like I could reach out to in some of my earlier years, I think I would I would know that I wasn't alone. So I think first of all, reaching out, dealing with your stuff that you're going through, you know, my blog post that I just put out about, you know, um, when the walls come down, I think is what, what the title I finally settled on was, you know, you've got to make sure, um, you know, as I've gone through the, what we deal with as teachers, as educators, it's hard stuff. And I think easy, it was so easy to just build those walls up so we can get through the day. But when we get home at night, for me personally, my family deserves better than what I bring home sometimes. Yes. Then I beat myself up because I snapped at my kiddo because he wanted cereal at nine o'clock. And, you know, it's like, no, Beth, that's how do you take time to really, you know, we each have our invisible backpacks every single day that we keep putting more baggage in. We've got to make sure that we're unpacking it and dealing with it and not just putting on the shelf and then picking it back up the next day. So I think, I think that's some of the, like for me, the biggest thing too, and, and don't be afraid, you know, to go for it. Like on, on a typically other thing, it's like, don't be, if you have a dream for something that you want to do, go for it. And don't be afraid to speak up. Don't be afraid to speak out and to shine in the way that you were meant to shine. I think too many people, especially women are, are really scared to do that. Such great advice. And again, listeners, I'll go ahead and link um, Beth's podcast, or not podcast, her blog that she's referencing when the walls come down, just really brilliant, um, super relatable. And I love, again, how you just continue to reinforce. We spend a lot of time talking about the social emotional health of our students. We also spend a lot of time now in the last year, I'd say, seeing that evolve with the social emotional health of our staff. But again, Beth is sharing this very openly that we need to do that as leaders because we have a a big classroom. So that's good. So we'll make sure to link that. Shelly, are you ready to hitch up on that? Yeah, I I think so. And I, I agree wholeheartedly with everything that, that Beth just said. And so, you know, one of the things that, that I would maybe add is um, it's also the idea, I, I think we talk about this when we do um, our workshops and we're out speaking is the idea of, do you, do you know what you're passionate about? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that the day-to-day work that we do as administrators and school leaders, it can get, as Beth said, it can get overwhelming. It can get daunting. You can have days where, where at the end of the day, you look back and feel like, did I accomplish anything today? I spent the whole day responding to other people's emergencies. I spent the whole day, um, putting out fires. I spent, you know, and, and that when you have a series of days like that, you can sometimes forget, um, why am I doing the work that I'm doing? And I, I think, you know, advice that I would give is sometimes take, take a step back and remind yourself 
what was it that made you, excuse me, what was it that made you step into this work of, of being an educator? What was it that made you step into the work of, of being a leader in whatever um, way that it is that you, that you lead Um, and remind yourself of that, reconnect with your passions and use your passions to lead. If if you are spending day after day after day um, doing eight, 10, 12, 14 hour days where you don't get to exercise some of the work and some of the things that you are passionate about, it's also okay to say, is this for me? You know, it's either, it's either shift and change and, and incorporate more of the, of your passions. You're, you're allowed to do that. We encourage you to do, you know, that, that, you know, Beth was talking about early on the idea that she was, when she was ready to quit, it was because she wasn't leading the way that, that she, um, that she knew she should lead or could lead. And so give yourself permission, um, to do that. Um, I think one of the most fantastic things about being a leader is, is being able to bring your passions to life in a school or in a community or in a district and, so that, that advice to reconnect with your passions when things don't seem to be going right and figuring out ways to bring the things that you are passionate about into your work on a daily basis, um, it, it helps keep you going. Love it, ladies. Well, I think that was the mic drop, honestly, um, for this podcast episode, because you both gave us such great inspiration there. Um, you know, basically, listeners, just remind yourself to shine in the best capacity and also to give yourself permission to live aligned with your passion and your purpose and not um, try to fit yourself into an organization or a structure or a style that the world asks of you be who you are be authentic that's what I'm hearing from you ladies and that's just awesome it's a great summary of that Sarah a great summary. okay my friends well I'm going to make sure that I link the way to get a hold of both of you is there a preferred way that either one of you have that you'd like to share with the listeners before they try to connect with you in like seven different ways <laughs> <laughs> There's, I think um, for both of us, Twitter is a, a great way. And I, I think you have our, our Twitter handles, but uh, mine is at Burgess underscore Shelley and it's S-H-E-L-L-E-Y. It's an easy way to um, get in touch with us. We're both on quite a bit. And Beth is, you want to give your Twitter handle, Beth? Yeah. Um, at Beth Huff, B-E-T-H-H-O-U-F. That's also how to get a hold of me on Gmail, just bethhuff at gmail.com. Yeah, our, the website is leadlikeapirate.net. That's where you can find um, all the blogs that, that we write and post. There's a place you can sign up for our email list to get things dropped right in your inbox. And then also a contact form on that, that, that really it just goes straight to our email. So um, if you wanted to get in touch with us that way, um, you can always do it through the website. Wonderful. And you're both so open to assisting others in their journeys. So I'm so grateful for that. I'll be sure to link it, uh, listeners, so that you can get a hold of it right here in the show notes. And ladies, I just wish you all the blessings in the world as you head into this next week and the continued weeks ahead with the unknown and you continue to lead in your best ways. And I know that you will. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much. We appreciate you having us on. I continue to be completely awe-inspired by every single guest on this podcast, and I am so grateful every time you choose to share, rate, review an episode. It matters so greatly to the mission and the message of our guests, and I appreciate every time you help one another rise by lifting up the message. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you being a part of this awe-inspiring community.